Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to God's Planning. Thanks for tuning in this week. This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. Uh, as you may know, I am the Director of Vocations for the Dominican Province of St. Joseph here in Washington, D.C., and this week I am joined with or by my brother, uh, Father Patrick Mary Briscoe. Father Patrick, say hello to everyone. He's hello waving. Everyone. You can't see him, but he's waving. I, I'm waving vigorously. I'm excited to be saying hello. I thought I thought today for today's episode that we would we would play quiz the friar and talk about you know a, a, this big question about um, vocation. Father Jacob Bertrand is our vocation director, and uh, vocations are literally his business he's not directing my vocation well it's uh it's settled i'm considering it but not (laughs) directing it i mean we made promises the same day for life that uh that that we would we would do this thing called religious life uh but i you know it, it seems like in our in our culture one temptation amongst people who are who are living an active christian life right catholics that are that are really committed that are trying to grow in their faith especially in young people um, this this question about what is God calling me to do, mm. what is God calling me to be, kind of reigns, and um, and it's an important one. People are responding to it, but but they can they can get kind of stuck in it. There there are some kind of pitfalls. Um, you know, there there are com- very very common pitfalls. I don't see as much of this uh, surely as you do. Sure. Um, why don't you? T- why don't, what are some things on the horizon? What are some things that that you've seen in your your um, now over a year of vo- full time vocation ministry? Yeah, you know, one of the um perhaps to, to sort of set the stage a bit before diving into pitfalls, when we're talking here about vocations, but about sort of getting to your vocation, getting to what the Lord is asking what of you, what he's made you for, and that's the whole process of discernment, I guess. You know, that's, that's the word that we use uh, to talk about the process. And I think we should talk about, too, at the outset that when we're talking about vocations here, for the sake of this podcast, we're talking about the, voca- the those ways, those states of life that the church recognizes as vocations, capital right. V vocations, right? right? Um, so we're lo- we're looking at married life, priesthood, consecrated life. Those those vocations in particular, those ways of life that are constituted by some sort of vow, whether the marriage vow, ordination, holy orders, or religious consecration. Good point. Um, so in looking at those and thinking about those. The word discernment for those guys that have uh, that I've been in contact with, those men who are interested in the order or who have heard me speak at a vocation thing or something like that. I think what we're going to talk about on this podcast has probably been beaten into them a little bit, <laughs> kind of on repeat, a bit of my hobby horse, but um, bears repeating all the same. So, Father Patrick, you asked about pitfalls, yeah. and I think a lot of those. Uh, pitfalls around discernment. Um, I don't want to attack the word too hard, but yeah, I'm going to attack the word. <laughs> I think it's an unhelpful general term for figuring out what the Lord is calling mm. us to. And there are a couple of reasons I think that. Um, mm. First, generally, there's a very subjective attitude when we when we talk about discernment. Um, and often, right, a vocation is a call. Right. In a capital V sense, it's an invitation from God. Something that calls you to give yourself rather than to become sort of introspective. Right. Um, okay. 
And I, I mean, of course, we have to look at our lives and look at who we are. So there's a subjective dimension. I'm not saying that it's not subjective, right. but we often lose sight of the objective realities surrounding surrounding our lives, surrounding the way the Lord has created us, the way providence has worked, all of those things. So it becomes kind of subjective. And and what's more here is that it discernment becomes sort of something that is on our terms in this sort of contemporary sense of discernment, mm. something that we dictate. So I've heard guys say, maybe, you know, Father's here, uh, he teaches a bit at Providence College, so he's on campus here around students. I don't know if you've had conversations in that context or in others, but I've heard men say and women say too in different settings that they're, they're, they think they might start discerning or I'm entering a period of discernment. <laughs> yes, yes. And my like kind of ornery, sarcastic <laughs> self, my response to that is, well, what the heck have you been doing with God the rest of the time? Like, <laughs> right. are you just starting to listen? Because at root, discernment simply means listening to how the Lord is speaking right. to you, how he's working. So it's like, what else have you been doing this past time? Come on, get, you know, get with the program. You, uh, you haven't solved the question of your vocation yet. So yeah, of course you should be. Right, exactly, precisely. So I, you know, I kind of, I make fun, but you know, in a serious way, it's, there, there, it sort of becomes on our, uh, something that we do on our terms right. when I'm ready to do it. Yeah, I think that's right. It becomes um, uh, kind of, uh, kind of, kind of an, an introspective or too subjective. Those are those are words that you were tossing around. If if we're if we're misunderstanding what discernment is, and not hearing that our vocation is properly an invitation from God and something that draws us out of ourselves. Mm. Um, I think that, that, yeah, that's all really well put. And that's definitely an issue that I've seen with people. Yeah. And I think we all we all kind of get there in our, in our own lives, but let's just be careful of it. The thing, though, that is my big, I don't know, soapbox as a vocation director when <laughs> I'm on, talking to young men. Let me set it up men, for you. We'll yeah, just, let me we'll climb just up. get it out. Climb uh, up. Is that often when we talk in this contemporary sense, this modern sense of I'm discerning the will of God for me in my life or what he's asking me, is that we're looking for answers about the end, about what it is that God is calling us to with a sort of desire for absolute assurance about what he's calling me to do before I'm ready to take steps to get there. Right. So let me, let me use yeah, us say, say Dominicans as, as an example. Um, so a man may find himself wanting or thinking that the Lord might be calling him to Dominican life or to whatever, to married life. You know, you can substitute whatever you want in there. Um, but before he might be willing to sort of take steps to investigate, does this, is this what the Lord's calling me to? We kind of wait for that, like the skies to open, the doves to descend, the choirs of angels to sing, or like some note from God um, to say, yes, this is what, yeah, exactly. Don't sing, Father Patrick. You're going to ruin the podcast. Uh, you know, but to tell us that this is, this is it. I want you to do this. And then we can begin moving towards it. That somehow we should be given absolute assurance about a future contingent before we're, you know, cooperating with God's right. graces. Right, right, right. And that's simply not how it works. Yeah. As if every as if every step in between is somehow going to be solidified and that we'll know we'll, that and that we'll know every, you know, as you're saying continue. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, I think all of this breeds what I've heard and what I think is quite accurate this a, a small v vocation in itself of being a perpetual discerner. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, I'm called to be a discerner. It's kind of, you know, if I'm going to poke fun at it, that's that's what I would describe. Somebody who's always discerning, never making a decision, never committing. Um, and, and that's where I think that this pitfall is really kind of uh, uh, carved out. Of it, it sort of traps us because we're looking at ourselves 
because we're waiting for um, our season of discernment when I'm ready to do it. And because we're kind of waiting for this, this sign from God, none of that, that paralyzes us in our relationship with Christ. One of the, one of the things that I appreciated most about, um, you know, as I was pursuing my own vocation, uh, as my relationship with God was growing, one of the things that I appreciated most about the Dominican tradition is this emphasis on the reality of God's grace driving us, you know, in every in every moment to um, know Him more completely and thereby love Him more deeply. Uh, the, the, you know, the way that Dominicans talk about grace and vocation, I think it, it has a special place in the church. Mm. And so I, I'm just hoping, you know, that you might offer a few words at this point about uh, about how the reality of grace can can be that thing that draws us out of the kind of subjective trap and into yeah. into the, the kind of external ordering that God wants to give, the, the direction that he wants to give our lives. Yeah. Well, you know, as I was kind of co- just talking about that, that desire for an absolute answer about the end, um, some absolute assurance about some future contingent before I can move to even get there, um, I think this is where the, having a proper understanding and a proper relationship, if we can talk about having a relationship with grace, but a proper understanding and relationship with grace um, really is the remedy. Mm-hmm. And that's because grace doesn't operate on sort of future unknown contingents. Unknown unknowns. Yeah, unknown <laughs> unknowns. There's no such thing as the grace to pursue an unknown unknown. Mm. Um, our Lord gives us grace to do particular things in a particular moment. Now we can talk about habitual graces and these sorts of, you know, like that's that's perhaps another podcast. But the the when our Lord moves our hearts and our souls to do things, He gives us grace to do the particular things at the particular times. Right. And that's really important when we're talking about decision making. Mm-hmm. God doesn't sort of hold grace out in front of us as like a carrot to chase, but He gives us grace in the moment. Um, grace forms and leads us to that end to that vocation right. it right. transforms us such that we can pursue it um but just like like pursuing holiness pursuing sanctity it's a process we don't wake up and become uh holy overnight in the same way we don't wake up and have an absolute answer about our vocation overnight yeah. um, francis de sales talks about this he's got a great quote um that uh, and this is about people being paralyzed by indecision he says you know, by focusing too much on the little things, and here's where the quote begins, in this they lose too much time. While they occupy themselves and are anxious to discern what is better, they unprofitably lose the time for doing many good things, the doing of which would be far more to God's glory than this distinguishing between the good and the better, which has taken up their time. Hmm. So Francis de Sales' point about, you know, being obsessed to with thinking about all of these possible contingencies in order to make sure that we do the right thing, the right thing. If you spend too much time on that, you, you waste the time that God has given you to do to do the good thing. Right. So in the case of a vocation, if you spend, you know, this this is just a kind of hit, hit the other side of this. If you, if you spend too much time thinking about it, um, you're going to miss on the, the particular invitations that grace is presenting you. You know, it's a sort of can't see the forest for the trees yeah. or, right. you know, uh, I, you know, I, I saying, saying to God, I, I want to help people. I want to serve people and then not going outside of your house. <laughs> yeah. Well, think of the call of the of the first apostles in the Gospels, too. Hmm. What is what the, the evangelists tell us that when Christ saw Andrew and Peter and when he saw James and John and called them, how do they react? 
immediately. The word immediately is right. used yeah, throughout. True. You know, yeah. immediately they immediately. left their nets. Immediately mm-hmm. they followed. Um, I'm not saying act with like imprudence <laughs> and you know not thinking things through. No, That's why vocation directors. Podcast. Uh, but <laughs> there is an immediacy to action, mm-hmm. and that that calls us to do something to to do that. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a great book by the spiritual author Father Jacques Philippe, who's a member of the community of the Beatitudes, called Interior Freedom. Oh, uh, that's excellent. Fantastic. If you're looking for a spiritual yeah. spiritual read, Interior Freedom Interior. by Father Jacques Philippe, or anything that he writes, I'm a big fan. Uh, he in that he he says that grace operates on real people, mm-hmm. um, and on on realities. So uh, we kind of have to be in that present moment with God in the presence of grace that gives us the ability to act, to decide, to make prudent decisions um, in order to pursue that vocation. One one thing just to, you know, again, again, needle this a little bit. Sometimes people will say, oh, I'm discerning marriage. And they say, oh, so, you know, who are you dating? And they say, well, no one, Father. I think I've called to marriage. Or this happens in the, in the vocation of, yeah. of religious life. People say, oh, I'm discerning religious life. And you say, oh, great. Which communities have you talked to? Cricket. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you have to you have to go. There has to there has to be someone to pursue the vocation to marriage with, you know, a, a, a live flesh and blood male or female. And there has to be someone uh, there has to be a religious community that that um, one one is cooperating in Christian life with in order to really be, be yeah. considering... There's a, no platonic uh, form of a vocation. Yeah, exactly. That's we're, right. You know, we're not Vocations call, are incarnate. Right. They're That's real. A great way of saying They're kind of gritty. Yeah. Um, they're not... You know, we can romanticize about the married life. We can romanticize about the religious life, about the priesthood. But th- they're real things that God calls us to. It's that, it's that theological thing, the scandal of particularity, you know, that Christ came at a particular time in a particular people. So that, that redounds throughout Christianity. You know, the Eucharist is unleavened bread and wine not and we can't substitute that there's a particularity but there's also a particularity in vocations mm. he calls us to real particular things at a particular time in history with particular people i said the word particular 35 times <laughs> i won't promise i won't say it again but uh but it, that's how it works you know it's you can't sort of just romanticize about some kind of random idea about this or that there has to be this cooperation with these graces that that move us so saint thomas you know, we talked a little bit about that Dominican ideas of, of grace really moving us in in the in these particular mm, thanks father <laughs> circumstances um, because a vocation is particular particular uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. but what what are some other what are some what are, what are some other tools in the in the Thomas toolbox uh, you know that, that Aquinas gives us um, the way that he talks about maybe virtues or, or other things that that can help um, can help if someone uh, works to follow the Lord in their life. Yeah, it's interesting. I was uh, last, no, there's just this past spring, there was a meeting of some of the American and English and Irish formators, and we had this retreat, that or this kind of conference day on um, formation work that was given to us, mm. and, but not by a Dominican, but by another religious, a monk. And um, he, he talked about discernment in the Vulgate and discern the word, discernment mm. in the Vulgate, discernment in the rule of St. Benedict, and then discernment in St. Thomas, following the tradition. Oh, it's interesting. interesting. Thomas uses the word to discern over 300 times in his writings, Whoa. in different ways, not with yeah, respect yeah. to picking a vocation, but, right. you know, to discern. Wow. And for Thomas, it's all about, 
you know, choosing between two things, using your intellect to choose between uh, wow. well, either a good or an evil, but even right. between two goods, which is often what discernment is. Right. Um, Am I going to be married? True good. Am I going to enter religious life? True good, but better. Uh, we'll see yep. more about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very, very cheeky, Father Patrick. Uh, but the, the thing there then that, that will then dictate the way in which we act is the virtue of prudence. And uh, that's that's at the center here, right? To make prudent decisions um, so that we can act. So I think uh, with with when Thomas talks about a vocation, maybe I should take a step back. It's all centered on charity, on that pursuit of perfection. How do we become, how are we made, uh, discerning a vocation is figuring out how the Lord has made us to receive his love, to live in that love of the Trinity, and then to, uh, to share that love. Whether it's a contemplative vocation in a monastery or, you know, a soccer mom with like 14 kids. You know, how are you, you know, <laughs> she's a Catholic soccer because mom, she's apparently. a Catholic soccer mom. How are we called to share that love? So it's all about charity. Um, but it's all about making these prudent decisions. So the Lord gives us grace to do things and we have to be able to act, to commit to those graces mm-hmm. and, uh, and to make those prudent and wise decisions that, that we don't make in a vacuum. You know, this is why when we're sort of at these junctures we have good spiritual directors vocation directors you know preset your parish to help prepare you for marriage you know families that good counsel you know we're not in it alone to make these decisions but it's that pursuit of charity for thomas coupled with action there's this there's this way and and it's it's very strange it's very foreign to me but there's a way in which when people um begin begin to 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 really be contemplating and 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 even trying their vocation um, there could be a temptation to resist any kind of intellectual reflection about it. Hmm. You know, they can say like, "Well, I, th- I think God would be calling me to do the hardest thing." Yeah, uh, and that's what I'm going to You're do. You're not strong. You know? Yeah, let's just be. <laughs> they real. just sort of, put, but <laughs> yeah. they just, you know what I mean? They just sort of put prudence in the box and say like, "Well, you know, I should marry, I should marry this one because because of this or that because of this or that experience," and and none of none of them are are really reasonable things. So I think just underscoring the the role that the virtue of prudence has um, is actually very important. Prudence, the, the, you know, the, the, the ability to judge and reason rightly about that which is to be done. It's mm. a practical virtue. It's an act of virtue. Um, and, it, and it has an important role in, in thinking even about, the, even about one's vocation with a capital V sense. Well, with that, we should take our pause. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about steps to discernment, um, practices, and uh, some, other, some other vocation varia. Thanks for listening to God's Planning. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Welcome back to God's Planning. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Patrick Briscoe, and I'm joined here by Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. We've been talking about vocations, um, and uh, you know, we one of one of the things that one of the things that we've been emphasizing is the particular. Yeah, that's funny, Father. Thanks. <laughs> We're over the, that. We're the moving on. Particular nature of of a vocation, and um, one of the things that that I've heard Father Jacob Bertrand mention in his ministry as vocation director is this emphasis on um, on the small step uh, approach to vocation discernment. It's kind of the 
the little way. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen Jacob Bertrand, the little way of the vocation here. I haven't come up with a better name for it. It kind of sounds like you have your 10-step program and then the small-step program. Small so. step. If you take enough itty-bitty steps, you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll pursue your vocation. Yeah. Uh, so, but so, but seriously, the small step, the small steps in vocation discernment. Um, I think they'd be very helpful for people to hear about that from you. Yeah, I think this is kind of summarizes what we talked about in the first half of the podcast. I've called it. This is something I guess that's newer on my mind, or at least giving it a title. So small step discernment or the baby, little way. the little way. No, the, I'm not calling the baby it that. Steps. Ba- well, that's actually what I've called it, like <laughs> taking baby steps, and that that can be kind of condescending, and I don't mean to be. Um, so I'll come up with a better title eventually. But um, small step discernment, what do I mean by that? I mean that uh, as we've talked about, we're given the grace to move in a moment. In that, in that moment, uh, we're also being formed for our vocation. So uh, whether or not, you know, you may be dating and your boyfriend or your girlfriend, uh, you know, you might not be sure if you're ready to marry this person or if you're even going to marry this person or what. But these these sort of commitments that you make are also formative and inspired by God's grace. So through these relationships, hopefully a young man is growing in in virtue and growing to be a Catholic gentleman that will prepare him later to be a good husband and father. And the same thing for a good woman to be a good Catholic woman is preparing, you know, in in that relationship, preparing uh, to be a good mother and a good wife. But these, you don't wake up and say, I want to be a husband and a father or a mother and a wife. And then all of a sudden do that and be great at it. You know, we're formed to do it. And we take these baby steps. And you can think about how relationships need to grow and how we're challenged in them and how we there are setbacks and these sorts of things. But it's it's not a sort of, I wake up and now I'm going to be married or I wake up in this day and now I'm going to be a priest or I'm going to be a religious. Um, no, it's a daily relationship with our Lord. And it's a daily movement towards that uh, that. that God leads us to our vocation. So I, I recommend to men, you know, at least in a religious context, a priest, priestly context, does this aspect of, let's say, Dominican life attract you? And if right. it does, right. pursue it. So are you? do you think that you might have a vocation to Dominican life? Good. Pursue it because our Lord is working. So, but that pursuing might right. simply be mean, right. might simply mean read up on the website. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and are you right. still attracted to this? Is this something that's still like pulling at your heart and your mind? Good. Call the vocation director. That's that's a no strings attached conversation. You know, but that's the baby step. It's it's not deciding I'm going to be a Dominican and then call the vocation director. Yeah, you use this word attract, which is very Dominican and something that I like. I mean, what what are like some of the basic signs if people are people are looking at a religious vocation? Like, what what are some of the basic things they should be looking for? Yeah, you know, first and foremost. Uh, it's it's some a distinction here that I make between a vocation discernment not being a functional consideration but an ontological consideration. I said this on another podcast that's not ours, and the distinction between ontological and functional. And and the host said only a Dominican would make this distinction when talking about vocations. <laughs> it's like perfect. you're right, you're right, fine, <laughs> you're fair, welcome, fair point. Uh, that was Matt Frad, by the way, yeah, Pint of the Aquinas, shout out. Uh, so yeah, you know, but it's it's ontological. So what I mean by that is the question in prayer and how we approach discernment, whether it's religious life, merit, you know, whatever vocation, shouldn't be so much, Lord, what do you want me to do? But Lord, who have you created me to be? Mm. Because function follows on being. Right. We do things because we are something, right? So Adre sequitur esse. That's the beautiful, beautiful Latin. Thing. Yep. So we we do things because we are 
We do something because we are something. So the attraction question, what does it um, look like? Well, first you have to know what the thing is. You know, so if you're looking at religious life, uh, you know, Franciscan life, for example, um, Franciscans are given to a life of poverty and serving the poor. So if serving the poor isn't something that you think you want to give your entire life to, then there's a pretty good chance our Lord's not calling you to be a Franciscan. Yeah, I mean, for me, the Franciscans were off the off the table right out of the gate because I don't look good in brown. It's wow. just not my. It's mm-hmm. just not my color. White and black, much. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> it brings out my eyes. I'm not. I'm not. I have no comments there. Uh, but you know, for no. For, but seriously, like the the habit is one of those things that I think people should people should look for. I yeah. mean, you can't put you can't you, you don't put all of your weight on that. But if you say, but like, it's part oh, of it. I wonder who that was. I'm going to go find out. You know, or yeah. You know, what what do they do? Yeah, what are the things that kind of, like, get you excited and kind of set your heart on fire when you're thinking, you know, is it mm-hmm. is it preaching in the life of study so that you can preach our Lord well? Well, that's a very Dominican thing. And, if mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're drawn to that part of uh, that charism, well, go look at the Dominicans. If you're, you know, being a father, being a mother, give, you know, raising children, having, if that, figure out what the church teaches about marriage. Learn about marriage, pray about it, pray for those virtues. Right. Uh and pursue it in that way, you know. Uh, we we have to, we we can't put all, all all of our stock in our sort of desires and affect, but they are indicative and they're part of it. So it's important. When when you, when you were talking about uh, your little way, mm. <laughs> your mm-hmm. little way, Father. Yeah, that's his <laughs> awful Irish brogue. I'm sorry to all the <laughs> Irish people out there. <laughs> when. When Father was talking about the small steps of discernment, I was remembering, I, I hadn't thought about this when you mentioned this before, um, I, was th- I was thinking of my first vocation director who said over and over and over again um, that a vocation to seminary does not a priest make. Mm-hmm. Go to seminary and find out. You know, and that was his way yeah. of articulating the same principle. Yeah. You, have to, you have to move forward. You're not, you're not going to find out whether you should be a priest before entering seminary. Yep. Just like you're not going to know if you should marry someone before you've dated them and proposed. Or, right. You know. And this is the same thing in religious life or, or with seminary, why we have these come and see weekends, these vocation weekends, monasteries, you're, you come for a longer, you know, you have this time, you're dating, you have this time to sort of act and, and try it out. Um, so Therese, you know, for Therese of Lucia, who I brought into this by playing off of her little way. By little, mocking <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. fine, we can, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Therese, you know, famously in her story of a soul, has this great moment, right, where she realizes her great vocation within a vocation. And she says, I finally understood it. My vocation is love. Love is my vocation. And, um, you know, what she meant by that is for her, charity became this thing through which uh, every other aspect of her life was filtered. And you were, you were talking just now about building up, building up virtues and, and how the, the practice of the virtues, living charity, as Therese did, knowing that knowing that love would be her vocation, um, it, what kinds of things can people be building up now that, mm-hmm. that would prepare their hearts for, you know, for, for the love to come? Yeah, the foundation for any vocation, whether we're talking about the the marriage, religious life, priesthood, or even like this, you know, vocations within a vocation, a vocation of love, like that that kind of thing, right? It's all predicated on the same foundation of our 
of our holiness, of our being made holy by Christ. Um, so when we talk about the life of virtue, that's the pursuit of that, right? So what in your life is conducive to your following and listening to God? And how are you begging the grace and how are you moving to deepen and mature that in your life? Right. You know, how are you diving deeper into prayer? How are you diving deeper into your relationship with Christ in the Eucharist, with, you know, the confessional, uh, with your spiritual reading, with the scripture? You know, what are you doing to, to feed that relationship? Just the opposite too. How, what in your life is hindering your following, listening to God, and what are you doing to weed that out? Right. Remove obstacles. Right. Take away beg the grace things. and and take action to to remove to remove that. Um, I think that that that's the foundation to anything. Um, with that too, I mentioned prayer, but silence is so key here taking time for silence and prayer. I was at this retreat at uh, the Nashville Dominican Sisters in, in, uh, of St. Saint C- Saint Cecilia in, uh, earlier this year, and, and the vocation director there, Sister Peter Marie, was, she, was, she was talking about taking time in silence, and she said it as only a Nashville Dominican sister said, <laughs> and it just made you never want to talk again, just like go sit, you know. But it, it made it sound so attractive the way she was, because it is, but because mm-hmm. of the way she was talking about silence. But it's only in the silence do we hear our Lord right. speaking. We have to find time to get out of the insanity of this world and get out from behind a screen, put it away for half an hour, and mm. just go sit and listen. Um, I'm going to tell a story on Father Jacob Bertrand here real quick. One of the things that was very funny uh, when we were first novices is that uh, Father Jacob Bertrand was not used to doing morning meditation in a room full of people. Yeah, I often had the chapel at school to myself when I was he, at college. He had devel- developed this habit of late night private prayer in the deepest silence, and he would flinch as if we were <laughs> inflicting pain on him whenever there was the smallest movement, a sniff, you know, a throat, <clears throat> a little throat clear. He, it was, he looked like he looked like we were hitting him with a hammer. It was a real purgative. <laughs> Uh, time in my life getting used to <laughs> praying two inches from somebody else's face so so I, I but I you know I'm just gonna say that to, to let you all know that father has taken his own medicine here and that he, he embraced silence um, yeah um, but but I think that's I think that's very real people say well you know I'm trying to hear God well okay are you actually though does does that mean you're open to what God is doing in your life you'd like to hear God or does that mean you're taking 30 minutes a day to, to be quiet, you know, to be with him. Yeah, that's important. I mean, with with that too, especially if you're not used to that kind of prayer, that kind of time, to take baby steps, huh, use that again, uh, to that, you know, a little, so, way. a little way again, you know, take, don't bite off more than you can chew, allow that to, to deepen and mature. And um, in that too, I think a really important thing here, and you, Father Patrick, had mentioned this a bit earlier about this sort of attractions, what, what draws you to something. Um, in order to know though, we have to kind of take stock of ourselves take take stock of yourself you know what are the gifts and the talents that our lord has given you even in a natural you know natural gifts and talents what are what are you uh, what are your aptitudes for is is that even proper english but uh because he wants to use these things he wants to bring them to fruition uh the, the things that that he's given you um and that's often indicative too. The same like franciscan that you know like if you don't have a particular draw and aptitude to work with the poor to serve the poor again Probably not drawn to the Franciscans, despite the color of habit or whatever, you know, that Father <laughs> Patrick's qualms with the Franciscans. Uh, but uh, that's all important. That's all important. Do, do you remember, what was the name of that uh, game show on Nickelodeon, the one about the temple? 
Legends of the Hidden Legends Temple. Legends of the Hidden mm-hmm. Temple. Yeah, so I, I love that game show when we were kids. Not enough to remember its name, apparently, but mm-hmm. I did. And one of, one of the things that would happen, you know, at the end of Legends of the Hidden Temple after completing the challenges, right, they would, you would, they would try and run that obstacle yeah, course through uh-huh. the temple. And there were the people that would jump out right and grab, yeah. grab them. I mean, I think at the end of the day, a, a lot of people are tempted to treat the vo- their discernment of their vocation like they're running the obstacle course in Legends of the Hidden Temple. And they think, like, if they step the wrong place, some some trap is going to ensnare them or, like, some boogeyman is going to come out and grab them and take them away and they'll have failed in their ultimate mission. I mean, God, God is not playing a game with us. Yeah, he's not out to get you. He, uh, he's not trying to trap us or to trick us. And... To, to know that, that to know that um, uh, the authentic prayer of the heart and that really seeking him is the kind of prayer that he answers, I think is a great consolation. Um, and and that, that, that that should take away um, a lot of the worry and the fear, um, worry and fear which are not from God, that come about when, when we start pursuing our vocation. Mm-hmm. So no, ultimately that, that if, if you're taking the, you know, the, the pursuit of your vocation seriously, if you're, if you're taking the small steps and following the little way, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, you know, that, that God is going to answer those prayers. And then we can be confident about that. And we should be. Uh, we should have every confidence. Yeah. So by way of kind of wrapping things up, you know, when you look at your discernment, when you look at your own life and wonder what it is that God is asking of you, remember that all of this is predicated on charity. Mm-hmm. And that a life of charity is, uh, is, is as John Paul II famously spoke about through his, through his pontificate, that total gift of self. How are you being called to give yourself to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and to others? Um, so don't become trapped by the sort of desire to have to have the answer right now. Don't become trapped by the sort of desire to, to just uh, enter into a particular time of discernment or a particular season of discernment. You know, give yourself to our Lord now. Allow him to transform you by his grace. Allow him to deepen and mature that relationship that you have with him. Do your best to push out those things that would keep you from our Lord. And take those those small steps, the little, whatever, little way of discernment. <laughs> take those seriously and, and um, commit to the graces that our Lord is giving you. He'll show you, you know, if you start going down one path, if this is for you or, or not. But trust that in the end... Uh, He's, he doesn't, he's not out there, as Father Patrick said, to trick us, to get us, but to lead us to nothing but himself, to nothing but himself. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate everyone who uh, likes and shares the podcast. Um, if you have talked to someone about their vocation, if you think that they need to listen to this episode, tell them to. <laughs> send them the link encourage them that's a small um, step they can take and then you can give them Father Jacob Virgin's <laughs> email address if they're interested in joining the Dominican Friars uh, God bless you thanks for listening to God's Planning a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph visit us at opeast.org